This is part two of my three-part series with Seth Nelson. If you didn't hear part one yet, back up and start there. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe. And you can get more of me at EssentialStepMom.com. I have exciting news, you guys. According to Apple Podcasts, this is actually episode number 99 of the Essential Stepmom podcast. And you know what that means? Tomorrow, when I publish the final segment of this conversation with Seth Nelson, it will actually be episode 100. What the heck? How is that even possible? Anyway, I'm thrilled to be marking this milestone, and I want to celebrate with a little contest. I'm going to give away a 60-minute coaching session that's over Zoom or by phone, and to be entered in the draw to win, all you have to do is pop over to Apple Podcasts and find this show there if you're not already listening on that platform, and then leave a short review. Really, one sentence is probably plenty. Then take a screenshot of it and send it to me at info at essentialstepmom.com. That's it. I'll put your name in a draw and the lucky winner will get to spend an hour with me and maybe even with your partner too if you want to do that. I hope you'll play along. And of course, the reviews do flatter my ego, but mostly they get the show bumped up so that new people can find us more easily. So thanks in advance for helping celebrate our 100th episode. I'm going to jump right back into my conversation with divorced dad and family law expert, attorney Seth Nelson. This takes up your time, your, you know, space between your ears. It's distracting you from living your life. And I tell people, and this is easy to say, live your life, not your divorce. Yeah, so what a great people, motto. Yeah, it, it's hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but so much time, effort and anxiety and financial resources are spent going to court over things that I think people shouldn't go to court over. Now, I do this every day. I work hard for my clients. We have a legal team here that supports people. And a lot of times we, we have to tell our clients, I'm advising you not to do this, which can set up conflict between the lawyer and the client. Now, when they say we want to go to court, we don't settle. You know, I will charge up that hill and you'll sign my letter before I do saying, this is a bad idea. We're going to leave <laughs> this, right? But those are client decisions as opposed to lawyer decisions. And I make sure that I'm always clear with my clients on who's making what decisions and what decisions fall into what bucket. Well, I think your clients are lucky to have you because there, there are, I, we know a lot of lawyers out there who are, are eager to um, let's say, um, profit in their business 
from people's indignation over the kind of situation that they're in. And that there's so much, you know, like resentment, indignation, it's like rocket fuel, uh, uh, you know, that it, it propels you to want to get um, validation to be vindicated in the idea that you're you're being abused or taken advantage of or treated wrongly and you kind of see the courts as the arena of of this redemption that you're going to have and yeah and i think viewing the courts that way is a huge mistake i don't think in divorce certainly in my practice certainly in florida that it is about truth justice apple pie fourth of july in the american way I think it's about solving problems and solving disputes. And if you are going for this huge redemption, I would, I guess the best way I would tell you is this, there are three worlds in which I live as a divorce attorney. There is the legal world, there's the real world, and there's the perceived world. And mm-hmm. they don't necessarily line up and they don't necessarily match. Wow. So if I am sitting there having a beer with a, with a client, but I'm not their lawyer, we're friends Yeah. or I'm just chit chatting with them or texting back and forth or having brunch or whatever the case may be, I will most likely agree with them on 99% of what they say in the real world but that's not going to match the legal world. It just doesn't match up. And then you have the perceived world, which is everybody's own reality. And so a lot of times I will tell clients, this is what I'm hearing the other lawyers say. This is their perception. I'm not telling you it's right. I'm not telling you it's accurate. I'm not telling you they can prove it in court. I'm just telling you, this is what we have to deal with. So a lot of times I'll be advising clients, no, in the real world, go pound sand. But in the legal world, here's how I think a judge is going to deal with this issue. Therefore, I'm advising you to do X, Y, or Z, and let's attack it this way and try to land this turbulent plane smoothly and not crash and burn everything. Oh, that's, I, I love that, that the legal world, the real world, the perceived world, I, I'm going to have to chew on that because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of potential in that for, um, for me anyway, to, to understand where to line things up better. But I would love to talk to you about, about how the legal system does or doesn't deal well with the idea. Like you said before, you know, a lot of it is about dividing stuff, like dealing with material possessions and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of legal disputes are around um, property, property issues and, and rights, you know, and when we come to this basically brand new kind of dispute around how to manage your family relationships, that ended up in, you know, in a court system that is so ill-equipped to deal with it. It, it's oh, part I, of, you know, absolutely. It, there's in Florida and I always, and you, you heard it on how to split a toaster is um, check your local jurisdiction in Florida, the outline for the judge, what the judge has to consider, consider in developing a parenting plan, which 
people think of as custody and visitation. In, in Florida, we call it time sharing. And then there's other about decision making for the children. But what the court has to consider is different categories. We call them factors, A through T. Like that's a whole lot of stuff. And when you get to T on the list is my favorite one because it says in anything else that the court wants to consider. And the reason why I think that's so funny, if you look up above all the way A through S, there's nothing else for the court to consider. It is so intrusive into your life. I mean, do you know the kids' friends? Do you know their school teachers? Do you know their um, doctors? You know, what is their bedtime routine? Is, the, uh, is there free of substance abuse? Um, did you talk about the, did you shield the children from the litigation or were you talking to them about it? Uh, and I could just go on and on and on about everything the court considers. What, if anything, does one parent do to facilitate a close and continuing relationship with the other parent, right? So there's things that, and the reason why I like family law, there's things that I can advise clients to do during litigation that will help them, one, improve their co-parenting and help their kids. And two, ultimately will help them in court. So here's a free one for everyone out there. That's if it's Mother's Day, if it's Mother's Day, have your children send a card to mom for Mother's Day. You might just despise your wife and you're going through a divorce, but ultimately it's Mother's Day. The children should give that her a card. Have them make their little have them do little crafts, right? Make a card, take a picture of it. If you're really worried about it and talk to your lawyer about this, I'm not giving legal advice here. Take a picture and maybe you get to use that picture in court and say, look what I did to facilitate a close and continuing relationship. Now you can do it for litigation purposes. That's fine. Or you can do it just to be a good dad. So your kids know, hey, it's important to give mom a card on Mother's Day. And the reverse is true for Father's Day, right? Absolutely. I think it's really interesting that not knowing about this factors A through T, um, this is a big piece of how I actually work with, with my clients. I have a 66-point parenting log that I have them fill out on a regular basis with all of these things. And I say, it's ultimately all about you and what you're doing in your household to be the best possible parent and to, um, it, which includes clearly facilitating a good relationship with the other parent. Like that's part of being a good parent. And ultimately, if it ends up in court or even in mediation, you have an, an ongoing record of how you are doing those things and not an ongoing record of all the mistakes that the other parent made. Because nobody cares about that. Like you, you think that you can only control what you do. That's it. You and can only control the, what you do. Here's the thing, whatever those negative things you're thinking about in the other parent and they don't deserve this, or they never did that before, you know, zebras don't change their stripes. So ultimately, and I've seen this time and time again, the kids figure it out. If you have a parent, who controls you and children, like your spouse controls you and then the children over money, that isn't going to change. 
the kids are going to figure it out when they start asking for stuff and they understand that they're being manipulated over money, right? Yeah. If you have a parent that just never shows up for their parenting time and you're saying, oh, I don't want to give them 50-50 on paper because he'll never use it. Well, the kids are going to figure that out over time. And I stress, it is much better to have a parenting plan that you can do and you're there every time. I'm not saying that things don't come up at work and you have to make some, you always have to be flexible, some changes, but it is better to have a 60, 40 plan where you get 40% and you hit the mark every time than having a 50, 50 time sharing plan and you miss the mark 10% of the time. Oh, for sure. It's the same amount of time with your children, but your kids are going to remember the 10% you didn't show up not the 40% you did, where if you have them 40% because of your job, that's the best you can do. There's nothing wrong with that. And it ultimately, when you talk about 40% or 50%, you're talking about one overnight every two weeks. Exactly. Are we really going to go to trial over that? I've had clients do it. Well, but I, what I think people want to go to trial over, and I wanted you to speak to this, tell me what you think is the, the perceived injustice of ending up with the 40 person, like the 60, 40 split, like how strongly do people feel that that's a black mark on them or it's a significant injustice, not getting that 50, 50. It's, it's huge. It's a huge um, problem. And, but it's all based upon their perception of outside influence. It's exactly what so I was about to say. It's, it's either going to be the other parent doesn't deserve 60%. Why am I getting the short end of the stick? Or we're both equal parents. We should be getting 50, 50 or whatever the case may be, or what will others think of me? And there is a double standard here. No one thinks twice if a dad has 60, 40, and he's got the 40. Yeah. Eyebrows get raised if the mom has 40. So nobody thinks twice if the dad has the 40%, but that's kind of a double-edged sword because like, what are you, chopped liver? I'll tell you, I was that stepmom, that second wife who was just full of vinegar about getting what's fair and getting some kind of justice from the courts. I was all about pouring gasoline on that fire. I actually thought it was my job. And I'm like a fire-breathing dragon when I go to bat for someone I love. I was like, hey, lawyer, can't you be a bit more aggressive here? Don't you think my husband is getting ripped off? Can't we do better than this? I would have been Seth Nelson's worst nightmare as a client. Well, my husband would have been his client, I guess, and I would have been pounding my outraged fists on his table. And he would have had to convince me that what was really important at the end of the day is not how it looks, or that the ex gets something that she didn't really deserve. What's really important is getting what you need to be able to deliver to your kids what they need from you, to be able to maintain and nurture your relationship with them, because this is a long, long, long game, and you need to keep your sights on the horizon. And I can confirm that I am absolutely converted and committed to this approach. This is what works, and the rest is just a huge waste of energy and resources.
speaking of resources, let me tell you some more about the most incredible resource coming your way next week, the Ultimate Step Family Summit. The lineup of speakers is just unparalleled in our world. It's like a collection of step family royalty. You'll be hearing from Wednesday Martin, who is the author of the book Step Monster, a new look at why real stepmothers think, feel, and act the way we do. This book is considered practically the Bible of stepmom literature, and I, for one, will not be missing her session. She's going to be talking about how stepmoms are the most vulnerable population and why self-care matters so much for them. You'll hear from the editor of Stepmom magazine, Brenda Oaken, together with her husband, Greg, who say, we put our marriage first, and here's why you should do that too. The fabulous clinical psychologist, Mary T. Kelly, who specializes in counseling blended families, will do a session called Two's Company, Three's a Crowd, How to Stop Obsessing About His Ex. Are you getting the picture here? All these people have free gifts for all the participants and valuable bonus offers for the VIP members if you choose to upgrade and buy the recordings, you know, so you can watch them at just the right moment with your partner when he or she is in the mood to learn something new. Please don't miss the chance to hear exactly the right words at the right time that will make all the difference to your future happiness as a step-parent. Go to bit.ly slash Tracy Summit to sign up. That's bit.ly slash Tracy Summit. And please don't be put off by the fact that you have to click through a few pages to get registered. An extra few clicks won't kill you, but missing out on this event just might. I'll be back tomorrow, that's Friday, with part three of this series. And then, for the weekend, I have another three-part series for you with Lori Sims of Nacho Kids. See you tomorrow.